following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. We're going to do a show today on living honestly. Living honestly is something that... uh, it's really hard to, to put together. I, I didn't realize it when, until I started writing the show, but talking about living a life with integrity, meaning that you're basically not living in secrets. And, and I really never knew what that was like, honestly, until I entered college. And when I entered college, I had a person that I confided in that, that uh, basically... Uh, I told all my deep, dark secrets to, and as it happened, that person happened to share all my deep, dark secrets with everybody that I knew, <laughs> which uh, was a complete nightmare <laughs> at first. But what it, you know, what it did was it taught me that all those things that I thought were deep and dark and awful, people couldn't handle, that they couldn't handle the truth. And uh, the truth is, people can handle the truth. And uh, they may not like it. They may react badly to it in the beginning. But the truth is that, that, that people have the propensity to absorb all kinds of knowledge uh, from all kinds of angles. And people understand that we're both good, evil, and indifferent as people. I mean, we're not all black and white. This is a very gray world, um, meaning that uh, it's, it's subject to a lot of interpretation. And uh, we have very complex motives many times in what we do. And lying is something that uh, we have motivation behind. Well, what I discovered when all my secrets were put out there, my big, deep, dark ones, um, was that I didn't have to lie anymore. I could live openly and honestly without the burden of having to project an ego, meaning that I was just who I was. And uh, that freedom has been something I've valued eternally throughout the course of my life. And I'm not to say that I don't lie. Everybody does. I do. I know I've caught myself lying or, 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 or you know, di- diverting the attention to something else. But the bottom line is, if you try to live honestly in your life, what you have is a grain of, uh, of something that other people could never take from you. And that's a thing called integrity. And integrity is... Extremely valuable because what that means is you can be trusted, you're reliable, that you, you are a good person, that you're willing and have the strength to offer honesty and the truth. And, and when you do that, when you're, uh, you're able to offer that, at least to a large uh, percentage of your dialogue with people, then what happens is you 
have people that gravitate towards you. Um, you have opportunities come your way that would have never come your way. And when you get old, you don't lose relationships because people learn that you are a reliable person in their life, a dependable person in their life, and that's very hard to find. And so what I'm trying to say is if you don't want to be a lonely old fart, you probably want to study the idea of integrity because integrity is going to give you the gift of relationships all the way to the end of life. Now, what is uh, this living honestly thing? Well, part of Sigmund Freud's 1904 fundamental uh, rule of psychoanalysis was that complete honesty was required from patients for them to cure. And I will tell you that that's why we have a thing called confidentiality in psychotherapy. And that is because confidentiality allows a client to completely unload things that they've never unloaded before, to take from the subconscious, from their their quiet thinking to their bold conscious thinking, which is something they actually speak about. And what's beautiful about that is oftentimes many people realize to the depth that they have thinking over those things that they hold back. They don't realize how much of their their brain is consumed and the energy in their brain is consumed by these secrets that they hold and, and the protection of those secrets. So what I'm trying to suggest is this is probably the most important episode of all of the ones that I've created as far as giving you the sense of what will make a good quality life overall. Because if you get honesty right, if you get integrity right, you're going to get life right. The average person lies about 11 times a day and will slip in at least two dishonesties in a 10-minute conversation. So widespread you know, insincerity is taking a toll on more than just your good reputation. It, in fact, may play a significant role in your health. So what's more, you may be able to lower your risk of sore throats, colds, headaches, just by learning to tell the truth. Why? Well, they haven't really proved it, but what they have is a very good theory scientifically from the studies that have been uh, conducted, and that is is that our white blood blood cell count has to increase when we lie because basically we're going through a lot of stress maintaining that lie throughout the course of our existence or throughout the course of the lie. You know, and sometimes lies can go on all the way till death. So if you want to live a stressed out life, lie because you're going to have to work 10 times harder than most people to exist by having to hold up those lies and remember who you've told them to and remember who your audience is. by two university Notre Dame professionals as part of their Science of Honesty project, followed about 72 adults for five weeks. Now, this is really cool. The participants were broken into two groups, a control group and a sincerity group that was told to speak only the truth. Members of the sincerity, sincere, uh, sincerity group were told throughout every day for the next five weeks, you must speak honestly truthfully and sincerely, not only about the big things, but also about the small things, uh, such as why you were late. You must always mean what you say in situations where your statements are to be taken seriously, as opposed to when joking or uh, uh, obviously exaggerated. So while you certainly can choose not to answer questions, you must always mean what you say. So you can, in that study, they could choose not to answer a question, but... Uh, when they have to talk, they got to tell the truth. So by the end of the study, significant health differences were reported among the two groups. And those in the sincerity group had a high 
Uh, average of seven fewer symptoms, such as sore throats, headaches, nausea, mental tension, than the control group. Isn't that incredible? Perhaps all of that lying causes a continual level of somatic stress that handicaps our immune system. And so uh, psychosomatic, by the way, is symptoms that are derived from stress. And that would, affect, that would involve your stomach, tension, uh, sore throats, headaches, those things oftentimes derive from tension. And so obviously maintaining a lie is something that's extremely difficult. So why lie? Honesty is often reported as one of the most desirable traits in a person. So why would you want to lie? Yet most people lie on a daily basis from small white lies to more serious offenses. As for why people lie, well, you know, it depends. Research has found that people lie almost as a matter of reflex, and most may not even realize they've done it. In, in another study, all the participants said they had been truthful in their recorded conversations, but when the video was played back, 60% of the participants had not been truthful, and they were reportedly genuinely surprised that they had said something inaccurate. So, I mean, your brain just does it. Uh, after you've trained yourself to lie, basically it just keeps on a coming. And uh, men, by the way, tend to lie to make themselves look better, while women tend to lie to boost other person's feelings. And extroverts in general tend to lie more frequently than introverts, and that's simply because they talk too much. Um, separate research from the University of Alberta in Canada revealed that people have an easier time lying to their co-workers than to strangers, especially when it comes to protecting their self-worth or self-esteem. They reported in that study that people appear to be short-term focused when they decide to deceive someone, save their self-image and self-worth now, but later on, if the deceived individual finds it out, it can have a long-term consequence, and we all know what happens when we can't trust someone, we go psychotic. You know, trust is deeper than love. You can love someone and not trust them. But when you trust someone, love always follows. So the deal is, in any relationship in your life, you want to work on trust. If you want to have peaceful relationships in your life, be a person that can be trusts. Uh, trusted. Five versions of truth that are really lies. And these are incredible things. You know, it makes sense that lying would negatively impact your health and emotional well-being as, as negative thoughts of all kinds have been shown to do just that. In the case of lying, however, many people do it without even thinking about it. Which means in order to protect your health, you first got to identify what constitutes a lie. So, this is according to Psychology Today. Controlling a response. This is a reason to lie. Say you're telling a friend about an argument you've had with your spouse, and if you shade the truth by only telling your side of the story or altering the way in which you actually behave to reflect more favorable on yourself, it's lying. You are, in fact, altering and controlling your friend's response, perhaps to get them to say what you want to hear to be heard. And by the way, this happens many times in therapy where nothing ever happens. Because if you're going to walk in and control a response and not give a, an honest view of what happened, you're really not going to give the therapist the, the ability to assist you. And you're also defending yourself rather than using the therapy to discover yourself. Lying by omission in psychology today, this was the other uh, type of lie that many people don't realize they do. Lying by omission is intentionally leaving out significant or relevant details. It's a form of lying and it will not promote mutual trust or honest communication.
Also, exaggerations is another form of lying. Embellishing on your resume, exaggerating your, exaggerating your skills, inflating events when you tell a story are all examples of lies that will eventually deem you untrustworthy. Also, self-protection was identified, and this form of lying in which you would put a guard up so as you feel less vulnerable and avoid getting hurt. If often uh, involves downplaying your emotions by pretending you're not interested or involved in order to protect yourself. So, the last one, which is also interesting because so many people do this, is gossip or co covert communication, secret communication. If you talk about someone behind their back, it will usually involve lying at some point, often by denying the gossip to the person being gossiped about. It's better to only engage in open, honest communications that you don't feel you have to cover up after the fact. You might be surprised, but there is a compelling research that supports that about 98% of us lie because we can rationalize it as insignificant. Now, what's the deal is, is if you can manage the, the lying by omission, the exaggerations, the controlling and response, the self-protection, the gossip, if you can actually take a hold of those things in your life and manage them in a much better way and diminish your threshold of lying, what you're going to do is build relationships and build a better quality of life. Opportunities will abound if you open those doors to the idea that you don't lie by admission, uh, exaggeration, self-protection, controlling a response, gossip. Those are things that if you can eliminate, your quality of life is going to improve incredibly. So what is this honesty? Without honesty, we'd be termed characterless. So what is character? Well, character is the ability to make decisions. So if I am a person that likes pizza or if I'm a person that likes to go to baseball games or hockey or whatever, whatever the things that I'm very passionate about, those define my character. Um, and, and so people that are characterless uh, can be identified as people that are very indecisive. You know, where do you want to go to dinner? I don't know where you want to go. I, well, that kind of crap goes on and people, are, well, all that tells you is that person has very little character, that they're a pleaser, that they haven't made a life where they've defined themselves. You know, honesty is one of the building blocks of good character and that character is what establishes who we are and we have to be honest about who we are and we don't have to worry about people liking us or not liking us for who we are because that's just who we are. And you can always change your mind by the way. You know, honesty is the cornerstone of character is one of the uh, one if one is found wanting in honesty, he'll be lacking character as well. So, you know, you have to look at dishonest people as throwaways because their life is not significant. It is a lie. And so if, if people migrate to lying, they basically have gone off their journey in this life and they're not vested in themselves. Honesty is not always the easiest way out of a situation. However, if you're brave-hearted and... and uh, you want to you want ways out of situations the best thing you can possibly do is be honest and come up to the idea that you may come to the wrath of other people there might be the fear of a backlash but once you keep in mind that in the end truth always prevails and honesty is the best policy you know it may not be the easiest thing but being honest 
is the only thing you want to be in this life. Honesty is a beautiful thing and it's respected. And by the way, if you're a child and you're not honest, oftentimes the consequences you'll receive for being honest compared to being dishonest are going to be significantly diminished, meaning that you're not going to have as many bad consequences or as bad a consequences as you would have if you actually lie. Sometimes when faced with desire, uh, dire consequences, a person is inclined to be dishonest because it takes courage to be honest. So while dishonesty may provide an easy exit out of a bad situation, it is just a matter of time before the the lies catch up and when that happens you lose your credibility and people mistrust you forever you are dealing with truth you always want to deal with truth honesty truly is the best policy is the foundation of any well working relationship whether it's with parents friends anyone else it is important no relationship can be successful without trust which is gained from being honest many people especially children learn this the hard way. If you're dishonest in our words or our acts, we hurt ourselves, we hurt others, we may as well not be in relationships with other people because if we lie, we steal, we cheat, or, or uh, neglect to give the full amount of work for our pay, we lose our self-respect. These are things that we as people have to value and we as people have to teach our children because this is how the world can operate as a better place. And I'm not trying to kumbaya us all into that. But what I am trying to do is teach the value of it. Because if you can do this, if I can do this for you, you can do this for your kids and for the people that you mentor and the people that depend on you. So this is the way to go. So I'm going to differentiate what lies and white lies are. I'm also going to give you lying research and uh, how we learn to lie. This is a very important uh, component in looking at that. So we're going to come back. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and uh, talk about lies and white lies and how to tell the truth and how to know when your child lies. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, now what we're going into is lies and white lies. You know, there are lies and then there are the white lies. White lies are perceived as lies that are harmless. Hence, people are often prone to using them. You know, being honest is difficult, especially when you have something to lose, like maybe a job, a promotion, love, respect of a loved one. Taking the help of a white lie uh, seems easier to get out of the situation. However, one lie leads to another. And before long, you're entangled in a web of lies that you find increasingly difficult to come out of. Honesty may be a difficult virtue to maintain, but it is the only right thing to do. However... Situations don't always call for brutal honesty. If a friend has bad breath, there's no reason to embarrass him or her with the truth by telling them they have bad breath. Situations like this, when the truth can hurt someone's feelings, call for prudence, meaning that we measure, we pick our battles. A white lie said at this point to avoid hurting the friend's feelings would not be the best entrance of the friend. The best way to deal with the situation would be to play down the brutality of the truth instead of outright saying, hey, your breath smells awful. One could instead say, hey, nothing a little mint wouldn't cure. You know, (laughs) trying to be nice about it. The truth, however, hard to say, must be adhered to always. In the long run, it's the best policy. And over a period of time, one will gain a reputation for being honest. And this will prove to be the building block of success. An honest person will be sought for their opinion. An honest person will always receive more responsibility at work and in life. And one must always remember to err is to human and to forgive is divine. You know, the deal is forgiveness is uh, examining. And you can go to church for a thousand years and never learn this for some reason. But the deal is if you want to learn how to forgive, it's a very simple concept. You have to look at the person's intentions. Were they intending to hurt me? Were they intending to do a bad thing? What were they intending to do? And even if you tell a lie, if you're going to ask for forgiveness, the best way is to state your intentions. Because you may not be forgiven, but the deal is you're putting out there the bait of how to be forgiven by giving your intentions. Most people do not study the intentions of people who violate them, therefore they never forgive. If you actually look truthfully and honestly at people's intentions, most of the time they're not bad. So, you know, the deal is honesty is always the best policy. Even if you lie, go back, tell the truth, and then talk to your intention. You know, um, Incidentally, when researchers refer to lying, they don't include the mindless pleasantries or polite equivocations we offer each other when passing, such as, I'm fine, thanks, or no trouble at all. 
An official lie actually misleads deliberately conveying a false impression. So, you know, hi, how are you? Good, thank you. That's not considered lying. That's considered uh, just being nice. So, you know, complimenting a friend's awful haircut or telling a creditor that the check is in the mail, you know, that would qualify as a lie. Still, people act differently when they're you know gliding a story and when they're telling a massive uh, whopper. You know, when people tell a bold and blatant lie, they typically become tense and fidgety. Their heart rate speeds up, their body temperature increases. Uh, but when telling wider social uh, lies, they usually don't feel any anxiety at all. So the whopper liars, uh, there are major cues out there to tell if they are lying. Um, anyone under enough pressure or given enough incentive will lie. But in a, uh, here's a study from the Journal of Pers uh, Personality and Social Psychology. They report that frequent liars tend to be manipulative and Machiavellian, not only to mention overly concerned with the impression they make on others, Still, liars don't always fit the stereotype of caring only about themselves. Further, this research revealed that extroverted social people are slightly more likely to lie than someone with personality traits uh, of th that are, uh, have quieter personality traits. And also notably, self-confidence and physical attraction uh, have been linked to an individual's skill at lying when under pressure. Now, on the other hand, the people least likely, according to this study, to lie are those with a high score in the psychological skills of responsibility, which is uh, something about deceit. You know, this, uh, I think it was a, a psychiatrist, he wrote uh, The Psychology of Deficit, and his name is Charles Ford, and he's actually a medical doctor also, and he adds that uh, depressed people... Uh, oftentimes don't lie as much. They seldom deceive others and uh, because they even uh, they seem to perceive and describe reality with greater accuracy because they're less into their ego. They're, they're, they're at a point where they don't want to fight life. It's too much to fight. And so they've got so much going on in their brain, they don't want to add more. So they have the propensity not uh, to lie if they're in depression, and that's according to uh, Charles Ford, a, psychi a psychiatrist. Also, there is a UCLA psychiatrist, Shelley Taylor, that they, they cited findings that a certain amount of self-delusion, basically lying to yourself, is essential to good mental health for some people. Um, if you look at plays like uh, Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman or The Iceman Cometh from Eugene O'Neill, uh, there are some people that sustain life through lying, and they, these heroes become tragic figures when their lies are stripped away. Some people lie to live in a world that they wish they could live in, and that's sad. But when you break that lie, when you actually get through it, and you get to the truth, they have an opportunity to grab life and take it and actually live in the real world. So this is how um, learning to lie, how people do that. You know, conventional wisdom long held that young children were not capable of lying. Now, other research has found that most children learn to lie effectively between the ages of two and four. The first successful lie can be pegged as a developmental achievement because it marks a child's discovery that their mind and thinking are separate from their parents. This same understanding is marked by the discovery of the word no, which helps young children delineate the boundaries between their own desires, their own thoughts, and their own feelings, and those of others. 
wishes and imagination often get in the way of what is real for these kids. And sometimes a three-year-old will start to tell a story, and you'll hear it get out of hand as they add bits and pieces to fit the ideas to their head. Lies at this age might succeed, but the three-year-olds are generally poor liars because they fail to lie appropriately. They do not consider that their listener will actually think about either the statement or their intention. As a result, they tend to lie at the wrong time or place or neglect to think about other important facts such as covering their tracks to conceal the deception. Now, from about age four on, children lie for many of the same reasons adults do, to avoid punishment, to gain advantage, to protect against an unwanted consequence, and even boost their own self-esteem. These, these kids, like adults at that age, around four, sometimes lie to demonstrate power or to maintain privacy or to protect a friend. And when a child lies, they're essentially trying to change a situation to reconstruct things the way they want it to be. So it is an act of power that a child is lying at that age. And, and there is a developmental progression to lying. At the first level, the child wants to achieve a goal or a reward by saying something that they know is false. Their intention may be affecting the listener's behavior to avoid punishment, receive an award, uh, a reward. Excuse me. By, by age four, though, children know the difference between telling the truth and lying. They know it's wrong, so generally they're truthful, and when they're not, it's obvious. But they also become more proficient at lying because they're more cognitively capable of taking into account the listener's belief of their statement. By age four or five now, children understand the effects of false messages to their listener's mind, recognizing if the listener will interpret and evaluate a statement. So they get slyer as they get to four, five, six, seven. But they still have trouble knowing whether the listener thinks the statement's true. As one uh, a five-year-old has said in, in one of these studies, you never tell a lie because the brain's Inside grown-ups' heads are so smart, they always find out. <laughs> so, I thought that was a cute quote. And even more sophisticated of lying emerges between ages six and eight. So uh, children can now understand something like, uh, you know, John wants his mother to think he feels bad about grandma not coming to visit. You know, at, at this stage, it's not just the lie, uh, the content of the lie, but the motive or the attitude the speaker uh, that can be uh, doubted as well. You know, looking ahead, if you if you look at kids between 10 and 11, most children become able liars at that age. The big difference at this stage is that the parents and the teachers are no longer seduced by the sound of their voice because their innocence and their voice at such a young age, uh, it's really hard to understand that a kid like that is lying to you. But as they get older and they've got a deeper voice, uh, their alibis and their words are start to take more seriously. So when your child lies, and this is once again a, a value-based program we're trying to, uh, today, we're trying to give you something that would help your children's life and help your own life. When your child lies, remind yourself that this is not a crisis of morality. Don't take it so serious. It doesn't help to be outraged. Telling a lie is your child's way of getting what they want, which is normal and healthy.
It also doesn't help to investigate their story like a detective. This makes a kid feel like they can't be trusted or that they're devious, and that's not a good idea. Even when a child is four or five or older and understands what the truth is, you may still not get the truth in what you ask directly. If you get the truth, however, it is because you made them tell. So after they admit they licked the chocolate off the cake, what have you gained? You didn't encourage them to take responsibility for this behavior. In fact, pressuring your child can cause them less than the truth, to tell less than the truth the next time. So here's, you know, if you want to help your child develop moral, morality and responsibility for their actions over a long haul, here's some things you might want to do. Model the behavior you expect to see in your child. This sounds obvious, but it involves monitoring when and how you lie. Not an easy task. If we want to foster a trusting, self-regulating child who cares about their own welfare and that of others, we have to do it the hard way by being trusted, self-regulating, and respectful adults. Also, we have to cool down before doing anything. The calmer you are, the better you'll communicate. The first step is to convey the message that a behavior stealing, for example, is wrong, then address why your child lied about what they did, and remember that some children will lie to avoid anger even more than avoid punishment. Also, we want to use that promote the development of their conscious. Their conscious is what is going to be what manages them. You know, consider a, a kindergartner who's discarded several notes sent home by the teacher requesting a meeting. Uh, their father hasn't received any notes or their mother and is shocked when the teacher calls. The child denies any knowledge and at this point, although we can imagine feeling emotions of anger, despair, and resentment, it is best to stay calm. A logical short-term consequence might be to require the child to inform their teacher that they haven't been giving the notes to their parent and that they're sorry. And uh, they can ask for another note to bring home. That's a way to deal with it rather than turning your kid into a guilt-ridden, sad little kid beaten down by a parent who feels like to consider the goal of your child's lie and once again that goes back to intentions you know in the case of a little kid like a kindergartner they're trying to avoid punishment and by the way they're they're frightened by the consequences of what they did and how you're going to react and what does that say about you you know if they're afraid to talk to you there's obviously a problem and, you know, what, what might they be feeling? Ang anxiety, guilt, shame, scared. There's always a motive, meaning for what children tell us. And, and it won't hurt to ask yourself what your child is gaining by telling that lie. And, and the truth hurts. You know, sometimes it's us. So point out the logical consequences of lying. Young children are very interested in the story of, of the boy who cried wolf when the boy really needed help, nobody paid attention. So when a child is able to change their story and tell the truth, let them know that you're glad that they were able to do this, that, that, that this will reinforce their confidence and make it easier for them to tell the truth the next time. You know, in the long run, the most effective solution is to try to, to figure out what message the child is trying to convey with this lie. Occasionally, lying is a sign that, that a kid needs more attention, 
perhaps stronger limits on daily activities, longer longer term strategies may create structured routines. Uh, for example, going to bed on time uh, after a favorite uh, read aloud or, or a limited amount of television time to increase the sense of security when, within the family. They just mean may need more boundaries. And this may be their red flag to tell you, hey, I need more interaction with you. You know, there's a, a, a pioneer of uh, early childhood. His name was Eric Erickson, and he said something really profound. It's a long haul bringing up our children to be good, but you have to keep doing that, bringing them up. And that means bringing things up with them, asking, telling, sounding them out, sounding off yourself, finding through experience your own words, your own way of putting them together. You have to learn where you stand and make sure your kids learn where you stand. Understand why and soon, and you hope they'll be standing there beside you and with you later on. And that is a beautiful quote from him. But the truth is, you know, if we want to have children in our life over the long haul, we need to be honest people with ourselves especially ourselves, if we're going to raise children that are not going to lie. So here's some things as adults, how to help build our personal integrity. That's something that we we're, we're really need to adopt a lifestyle. It's a decision that will affect every aspect of your daily pursuits, your activities on a personal level, as well as behalf of your family, your business. It all starts with the desire to take a self-inventory to discover needs you're not currently fulfilling in your life, and then deciding to take actions to change this. First and foremost, this process involves declaring an intention that you follow through on with uh, these actions. And, and these steps that I'm about to give you are extremely important to getting that integrity up. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and I'm going to give you those tools. We're going to go on about how to tell the truth about ourselves, how to have a lie detector, and uh, go on into what the experts say. All right. That's Absurd Psychology. We're taking a break. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The Boardroom to the Bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. As I promised you, I'm going to develop, uh, I'm going to give you what, I, what I've pulled out of uh, all my work that I do when I'm preparing this show, some things that will help you build your integrity. And uh, like I said, uh, integrity is everything. If you want to have a good quality life, if you want to have relationships all the way to the end of your life, you need to value your honesty and integrity because those things are magnets uh, for relationships with other people. If you don't realize it yourself, um, this world is riddled with people who have been burned, who uh, do not like dishonesty, who have a very difficult time trusting especially uh, growing up in a childhood where a lot of kids lie and deceive and uh, and obviously a lot of adults do. But the deal is when you have to deal with a lot of mistrust in your life, you develop a lot of barriers. And so if you want to be a person that can be trusted, you have to earn it. And so here's some ways to earn it. Um, make promises and keep them. You know, a promise is the first part of a decision, a responsibility that you have chosen to take on. And when you do not follow through on your promises, you've lost focus. And you may fail at fulfilling your responsibilities. So you want to be sensible in maintaining and fulfilling your obligations in a very timely manner. Also, remember that there is enough time for you to devote to moments of yourself to spend occasions with family and loved ones. You know, enjoy life before overcommitting to tasks that take you away from how you would like to enjoy your life. Here's the other thing, and it's simple because that's what this whole show is about, is be honest in all of your communications. Exercising integrity in your communication means saying what you are going to do and then doing so. People understand, so your actions and your words go together. People understand that life is filled with challenges, so when you provide honest communication to others about your obligations and why something can or can't happen in the time frame promised, they will most likely understand. But you know you don't want to overcommit to please others. This will lead to a loss of integrity and failed relationships. There are lots of people out there that are pleasers, that want to please other people, and they will lie because they don't want uh, to fail. They don't want uh, the, they don't want their relationship to to fail. They don't want to face the fact that uh, they can't please someone and that's very difficult for them and so you know you have to look at a pleaser and wonder how much are you over committing or are you over committing because they do lie you know they don't do it purposefully they're not doing it as mean people what they're doing it is they're setting themselves up keep yourself and your environment clean and organized this begins and this is once again how to develop integrity this begins with the recognition that you're you're the core of your own life you're the core of your own business and it's difficult to exercise influence on others of your life if you don't make the time every day to be self-aware of your own environment do the little things that you have been meaning to do for yourself when is the last time you made time to read a book or you know what happened to that little project you started three years ago and you never finished what's the fate of the one thing you're passionate about but have been too busy to do while you're living you know what is the point of going through life and not actually doing the things you love 
Organize the clutter and clear your state by getting rid of things around you that distract you from your focus. Look at the papers around your desk, mail, on the table, tidy up, and discard the extra things scattered in your home that you've always thought you need to get rid of. If you're a hoarder, God help you. All right, stay focused. You have, have, you know, have you ever noticed that when your personal care vanishes that everything around you starts to slip as well? You know, finding balance in your life to maintain yourself, your household, your business, your finances is difficult. You know, I, I found that making lists and setting uh, alarms on my phone and on online calendar keep me on track even when the clock tries to get the best of me. You know, notifying people that are important to you, family, friends, colleagues of your commitments will help you stay accountable. Here's another thing to help you build your integrity. Allow for proper influences. Increase your integrity by surrounding yourself with people you admire. And if you don't feel you can engage personally with people of influence, read books or listen to motivational seminars to help you raise your awareness in the right direction. What you feed your mind affects you and affects what you project outwardly. Your integrity in life is affected by your inputs. The intention here is for you to build self-awareness but not to uh, undo scrutiny or judgment. You don't need to be perfect and it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to lie, but it's how you recover that's more important. So commit to make decisions, to set things right, or just start over. Decide to make these commitments in small ways, and you'll find yourself improving your integrity and strengthening your relationships in life. So, you know, to tell the truth about you and yourself, here's some ways to do that. Honesty can be hard. This is the first thing to know because it's true. If you're not used to being honest with yourself, you can't imagine the awfulness you'll experience when you start. The good news is that you'll probably only be able to dish out in small doses so you can get used to it over time. You know, if, if you're trying to live an honest life after you've lied, you need to dish it out smallly, small ways. Because if you don't, it, it's going to come at you in a tidal wave because the reactiveness of other people is going to be significant if you've told lots of whoppers. You have to also do the work if you want to uh, tell the truth about yourself. You, you know, you have to do the work. It, 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 you are convinced that if you have a problem with honesty, it's only a teeny tiny one. If that's your deal, that you're convinced you have a problem uh, with honesty and it's only small, you know, hang on. Because most of us are deceiving ourselves in any number of ways every day. Not all are dramatic but they require a commitment to a process. And so the process is living honestly, not deceiving ourselves. The also, the results are unbelievable when you tell the truth. Awesomeness you can feel when you lift the oppression of the burden of your lies. Sometimes you only get a glimpse for a moment. That feeling isn't something you'll ever forget. You know, for it's, it's dissimilar to the, 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 the high you feel after eating a really great cookie or maybe 20, but the difference is that the, the, the height of truth isn't laden with shame and guilt. You know, I, I don't know about you, but uh, typically there are things I would prefer uh, to avoid, and one of them is lying. You know, honesty also sets you free. It, it, you know, getting really honest with yourself and realize that the work you need to do is internal and not external. It's not a victim theme. It means you actually are taking responsibility for your own life. And that's a huge step. And, and when kids are going from their teenage years into their adult life, 
that is a value that they need to understand is extremely important. Okay, here's a here's a, a, a what experts have uh, at uh, lie detecting do. Um, this is how they get people to either spin themselves into a lie or self-discover that they do lie. What they do is they increase the load of information that they have to do. You know, uh, they uh, increase their cognitive load. And, and that means that they just keep, they deliberately make the person think harder to magnify the signals to a point where they are obviously lying. And, and here's some things that like police detectives do. They have people tell their story backwards, starting at the end and systematically working their way back, instruct them to be complete and detailed as they can. And this technique, uh, it's, it's called a cognitive interview. Uh, increases the cognitive load to which uh, them it, it gets them over the edge and a deceptive person even a professional liar is under a heavy cognitive load from going from the back of the story to the front they try to stick to their story while monitoring your reaction also you want to ask open-ended questions to get them to provide as many details and as much complete information as possible can you tell me more about blah 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 tell me exactly you know what made you do this how did you decide to do this you know ask general questions and then get more specific with your open-ended questions don't interpret let them talk and use silence pauses uh, to encourage them to talk so silence in your pauses is only going to they're going to want to fill that space and, and uh, so interviewing people that are lying is oftentimes let them talk let them spin their lie until they finally self-realize that they are lying here's some people you need to be wary of um, it, it's not dumb people dumb people are usually not good liars it's usually smart people who can best lie and uh, whoever can be best handle thinking hard uh, you, or comes up with stories on the fly, uh, these smarter, more creative people are also better liars. And so intelligence is something it takes to be a good liar. And people that are intelligent are oftentimes very good liars. So you have to really look at when you're looking at a dumb person and you're really looking at a smart person. I wouldn't differentiate as far as the, the judgment call of them being a liar, what I differentiate is the propensity and the ability of the person to lie and to what degree that lie could do damage. You know, you want to ask yourself, you know, who can tell these better stories? And whoever can tell better stories is oftentimes the best liar. Okay, so uh, the complex process involved in formulating a lie are an indicator of uh, a child's early intelligence. Uh, there was a Canadian study of about 1,200 kids aged 2 to 17 that suggests that those who are able to lie have reached an important developmental stage. And, um, you know, at, at uh, this deception, uh, more common is among intelligent and creative kids. And so that tells you the kids beginning to develop character. That's not a bad thing, but it's not always the best thing you want to know about your child. So, uh, other things that are good lie detectors is uh, you know you want to look for nervousness, you want to work look for a person that's worried about getting caught. Uh, some people are so confident they don't fear getting caught. Others are great at hiding it. So uh, some get nervous when questioned. 
Uh, so you get a bunch of false positives and others are lying to themselves so they show no signs because they're living in a delusion. So, so it's not necessarily, uh, it's, it's very hard to differentiate what goes on. So here's some things for face and eyes. Uh, you look for micro expressions, uh, a flash on a person's face for a fraction of a second that reveals a person's true emotion underneath the lie. Um, look for nose touching and mouth covering. People tend to touch their nose more when lying and a great deal less when telling the truth. Notice the person's eye movement. You can usually tell if a person is remembering something or making something up based on eye movement. So when people remember details, their eyes move up and to the left uh, if they're left-handed. When right-handed people make something up, their eyes move up and to the right. Uh, you know, be, be careful because that's not always the truth. But these are generalities about how people lie. Do not use eye contact. You know, the people that lie often do not use eye contact or a lack of it as a sole indicator of, of truthfulness. You don't want to use uh, the eye contact as the only way that you're going to detect a lie. Here's some other ways to do it. Verbal responses. Pay attention to the person's voice. If a person's voice... Uh, may suddenly start uh, talking faster or slower than normal or the tension may result in a higher pitched uh, quavering tone stuttering stammering probably like i do when i'm trying to get through this show <laughs> you're probably going to find that that person might be lying pay attention to exaggerated details and and you also want to be aware of Im impulsive emotional responses and uh, that means getting angry. Um, that means uh, something that's not congruent, where they, they come out of the blue in their emotional response. Also, you want to pay close attention to the person's reaction to your question. Someone who's told the truth doesn't feel much need to defend themselves. But if a person does feel the need to defend themselves, that means that person has got some deception going on. Uh, also, you want to be conscious of a person's usage of words. Um, you know, it's uh, stalling tactics such as uh, asking a question to be repeated, uh, stating the question, using words or phrases like basically and what happened was and the answer isn't so simple as yes and no, um, depends on what you mean, where would you get this information. These are ways in which a person is deflecting uh, when you're challenging them on a lie. All right, so we're going in through all this lying and uh, detecting of lies, but the, the deal is you want to be very careful. You know, it, it's not always possible to detect a dishonesty and lying. It's also possible to misread deception when there is none. So uh, you have to use these tactics and not take them all so seriously. They're subjective. They're just ways to try to get to the truth. Try to uh, use your own personal judgment and how big you go here. Okay, so that's our show on honesty. It's uh, I've had more material written than I was able to present, so I'm sorry if I went a little fast. But our next show is Living Gay, from Tinkerbells to Grimm's Fairies and Chapstick Lesbians. We're also going to talk about gay marriage. And uh, that's going to be in about three weeks because the next two Fridays are actually Christmas and New Year's. So there's going to be uh, replays of old shows and then back to the new show coming in the first of the year. So I'd love to hear from you. I want to thank everybody for listening. Get your feedback. My email is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. So remember, how about instead of calling it an estate sale, call it a dead people things sale. 
that's being honest. <laughs> How much money would beggars get if their sign read, need money for beer, hookers, and pot? These are things to remember. That's our show. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.